Great. Well, as we continue with Acts, we um, actually come to uh, a kind of break in the story, which is perfect for where we are, having just done <clears throat> Love D.Y. So the first uh, section of the book of Acts we've got up to uh, the end of, of chapter 8 is really about the first church being established in Jerusalem uh, and it being established, put in place, and, uh, and growing hugely. But as you may remember, we, we read in Acts 1 that Jesus' purpose was not for uh, that to be the end point. That was just the starting point. And so he says to his disciples as he leaves, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so that had happened. They had received the power of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost had come upon them uh, in an amazing way, given them this incredible boldness and courage uh, to step out, and then persecution started to come, uh, but initially the church just grew as they spread the word, emboldened by the power of the Holy Spirit, and this, this church uh, was started. There were signs and wonders, people were healed, uh, people were scared of what was happening, but at the same time drawn in by God and drawn into the church. They were saved and added. But as I said, God wanted things to move beyond that. And for us, really, as we've been a church in the northern beaches uh, for many years, uh, and we've done something like Love D.Y., it's very much about loving this local area, being a church that uh, is established here, wanting to see signs and wonders here, seeing the gospel uh, go forward. But God doesn't want us to stay here. He wants to lift our gaze further, wants to take us further. And uh, our next a step, as you would know, is just a little bit further away. It's over the Rosal Bridge. I know that might be a difficult journey for some people to go west, uh, but uh, in Chatswood, we're obviously going to be starting uh, a new site, a new congregation, which we're looking to do in February. And so God is lifting our gaze, really, to Sydney, to Australia, and, and beyond that. He wants the gospel to go forward. And it's not that we are the only church that's doing that. We're going to partner with many churches as we, as we do that. But it's great for us to consider uh, where the story of Acts is uh, as they start to get thrust out to go beyond Jerusalem, because that is what God is doing with us. So let's read uh, Acts 8. Right, so we're going to read uh, Acts 8. We're going to focus on uh, 26 to 40, but I just wanted to read <clears throat> verses 4 to eight first, which say, those who had been scattered, so scattered out of Jerusalem, preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And then over to verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. 
Then Philip ran up to the chariots and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariots. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So it's an amazing story. Uh, and I want to just briefly look at three points, very briefly in our time remaining. The first one is available. And we see Philip, quite an amazing guy. We, we know that he was one of the Hellenistic Jews uh, that was appointed a deacon in Act 6. And they were required to be full of the Spirit, full of wisdom, full of faith. Uh, and then obviously, as we saw, he was uh, driven out of Jerusalem and went into Samaria where he preached the gospel and did many miraculous signs. So he was clearly a man who was open to being used by God. He was open to that. But he was not only open in being used by God, but he was obedient he was obedient to what Jesus had said and obedient when he felt the Spirit's promptings. So we see in verse 26 that when he feels the Holy Spirit prompt him to go down to the desert road, he obeys. We saw in the earlier verses, though, that uh, he went down into Samaria. We don't read anything about the Spirit prompting him to do that. He was just forced to flee Jerusalem, so he went. But when he got there, he was obedient in preaching the gospel, telling everyone he met about Jesus. And I think it's such an important distinction between being open and being available. We often say, you know, I'm, I'm open to God. I'm, I'm open to speak to my neighbor if they come and knock on my door at 2 p.m. If you've ever read the old book, uh, Adrian Plass, if they knock on the door in a Japanese admiral's suit, then I'll know it's God speaking to me. Um, you know, we can, we can put things out like that and say, well, God, I'm open if these things happen. But here we see Philip being more than just open. We see an availability that is based on obedience, an availability that is based on obedience. And God has called us to go and make disciples. So what we need to start doing is making disciples. As we are obedient, as we start to make disciples, uh, God will lead us on into the next thing. He will shape our direction and uh, lead us into specific things as we are obedient and start to step out into what He has called us. It's great to hear 
Helen speak about, you know, that love DY was something that, that stirred her, and Jess saying, you know, that's something. But we don't want it just to stop there, because that is just a starting point. That's us just being obedient uh, in stepping out. And, and now God can shape that availability into something more, as we can share in our neighborhoods, our workplaces, with our family. Philip was so available, in fact, and he was so submitted to God, that after he baptized the Ethiopian, God doesn't even tell him to go to Azotus, but actually he just transports him. It was about 60 kilometers away. And when he gets there, he continues to preach the gospel. And we may be awed at the thought of being transported somewhere in the Spirit, because, I mean, that's pretty cool, really. It's quite an amazing thing to happen. But in one sense, it's actually just a natural byproduct of living a life fully submitted to the Holy Spirit. And so it does still happen today. I've heard stories of people being transported in the Spirit in that way. What I love about Philip is that he doesn't seem to stop and write a book uh, or blogs or YouTube videos about supernatural transportation and how amazing this was, and, uh, you know, we need to get into this. But when he gets there, he just continues to share the gospel. He just continues to witness, continues to tell people about Jesus and gets on with it. So the challenge for us is to grow in obedience and submission to what God has already spoken to us, to what He's already said, and then uh, also as the Spirit prompts us further. So if you have the question, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Well, all we need to do really is read Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We know what to do. We need to be obedient now to what we have been told, what Jesus has said we should do. Go and make disciples. And as we do that, as I've said, He will shape it and direct us and give us more specific ways ahead. Secondly, let's note that Jesus is the message. The Ethiopian, he's a Jewish convert. He's been on pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Uh, he's reading Isaiah, but he doesn't really understand what he's reading. And, you know, that can often be the case. I know when I uh, was growing up, I was in a private Anglican boys' school, and we had to attend chapel, uh, which every morning, which everybody absolutely hated, uh, but we had to do it, and we had to uh, not only read Scripture, but we had to sing the Psalms. And uh, actually, I was playing James. I found a YouTube thing of, of the school, the boys singing Psalm 150, because that was always the best one, because we always did 150 at the end of the term. So, I mean, it was holidays, so everyone sang that with gusto. But we used to chant Scripture. Uh, and so you'd think, well, that's got to be a good thing. But actually, it, it didn't do anything to me. And um, even though when I was at school, I tried to uh, find out something more about Christianity, but... At that stage, it made no sense to me at all until someone actually explained the gospel to me. I needed to come to God, you see, with sincerity uh, in wanting to know who Jesus really was, and I needed the gospel made clear to me. So if you're in that position, if it doesn't make sense to you, then get along to Alpha, the course we're running Wednesday night. Uh, it's a wonderful place to ask questions and to find out more about Jesus. The scripture that the Ethiopian was reading is just 
incredible. Now that I understand it myself, I find it amazing. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before Shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. What amazing verses that actually fill me with awe and wonder at this God who loves me so much that that he would be killed and he would be treated in such an unjust way. You know, we, we want to stand up for justice. I mean, people are persecuted when they don't deserve it. We know that that's a terrible thing. And Jesus, Jesus received this persecution without defending himself. He went like a lamb to the slaughter, to be slaughtered, knowing that he had done absolutely nothing wrong, but he did not defend himself. It is just absolutely mind-blowing that a person would do that, but not only a person, that the king of the universe, that God himself would do that, that he wouldn't defend himself. He could have, you know, brought down thousands of angels. He could have defended himself in so many ways, but he didn't defend himself. It's incredible, absolutely amazing. What an incredible relationship we brought into with the Father because of Jesus not defending himself, going like a lamb to the slaughter. So we need to give this life-giving message of Jesus. We need Jesus to be on the tips of our tongues. Wherever we are, we need to be ready to give an explanation of Jesus. And if you don't know him today, then, then you can ask. The Bible says, and in fact, Jesus himself said, ask, seek, and knock. And, and he will answer, and he will find you, you will find him, and he will open the door for you. That's what he says. He wants to do that for you today. Thirdly, lastly, as we finish, let's have hearts that respond. Let's have hearts that respond. One of the things I love about the story is the Ethiopians, and I wish we knew his name, actually. We don't know what his name was, but I, I love his wholehearted response. Uh, his wholehearted response. He's had this kind of aha moment. There's been this revelation. He's understood who Jesus was, and, and uh, Philip's told him about Jesus and, and the response of baptism. And so he sees water, and he says, why shouldn't I be baptized? There's a wholehearted response. And many scholars, actually, when they look at the original text, see that also he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit at that time as well. So there are two responses. If you've given your life to Jesus, there are two immediate responses that we should rush into. One is being baptized in water. We should do that uh, straight away. We shouldn't wait. There's no need to wait for it. Let's be baptized in water. It's a response to, to God to come and say, God, I, I'm going to go through this because it declares what you have done in my life. As I go under the water, it declares the death of of uh, myself, of my sin being dealt with. And as I come out of the grave, it declares the new life you have, be, you have brought me into. And Jesus has said we should be baptized. So let's respond wholeheartedly. In fact, we're going to be doing baptisms on the 5th of November, Sunday the 5th. Uh, so if you'd like to be baptized, then speak to us about it. We'd love to do that. And the second response God calls us to when we're saved is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, there's no need for delay. God wants to bless us. He wants to pour out the Spirit on us. Uh, so let's respond quickly. Let's respond wholeheartedly to God and say, God, come and fill me with your Spirit. Come and fill me with your Spirit.
Beyond that also, let's be a church that is quick to respond to Jesus as He leads us, as He directs us, as He speaks to us. We want to be a people that respond to Him. Let's stand and I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank You for what You're doing amongst us. But Lord, we know that it is just a beginning. Lord, it's, it's not an end. It's not like we can sit down and say, great, well, we've done Love D.Y., uh, that's it. But Lord, You actually are just getting us started Really, you're just fanning into flame, uh, passion for you, Lord, a passion to see many coming to know you, Lord. So we ask you to come and do that as we look uh, further in DY and beyond, Lord, come and fan into flame, Lord, uh, to see many uh, saved, Lord. We ask for that, and we pray, Lord, that we would be uh, men and women that are available to you, Lord, not just saying, I'm, I'm open, but actually saying, uh, Lord, I'm going to respond in obedience uh, I'm going to come in obedience to what you've said, and, and then I'm, I'm going to be available in that way. And as, as I'm obedient, I know you're going to shape me. Let's have the, the life-giving message of Jesus on the tip of our tongues, and let's have hearts that respond to God. And Lord, I pray for those that uh, haven't been baptized in water. I pray that you would uh, lead them into that. I pray for those that have not been filled with your Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would fill them. I pray that even this morning, uh, as we give opportunity now uh, with the ministry team to be prayed for, I pray that you would come and you would fill us. Lord, all of us need to be filled again and again and again. We know it's not a once-off thing, and so we ask you to come and embolden us. We know that as you, your Spirit comes upon us, we are emboldened to preach your Word. We are emboldened to witness and live lives, Lord, that speak about you. So won't you come Fill us afresh, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If the ministry team could come out to my right, that would be great. And uh, we'd love to pray for you, if, especially if you feel like you've never been filled with the Spirit, um, then I'd love you to come and pray. You can come and find out more if uh, you don't even know what that term is, but you think, well, uh, there's something more that I want. I'm a Christian, but there's something more. Then just come and ask the ministry team. They'd love to tell you about it and then pray for you. Uh, if you'd love to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, then also come and we'd love to pray for you. Otherwise, we've got morning tea out the doors to the left. Thanks for being with us this morning. Amen.